right, well, guys, welcome. How we doing? We've been doing this a long time, guys. I know, it is a tough crowd. Jay, warm them up better, dude. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. How we doing, guys? Doing good? Okay, that's better. Thank you. Thank you. It's always good for a, a pastor to just know that the audience is somewhat alive uh, when we get up here. But hey, um, I want to start out tonight by sharing one of my favorite moments of my week every single week. Um, and when we were in quarantine, we, I did not get to experience this, but now that we're kind of back on Sundays a little bit, it's, uh, I'm back in my groove. Because uh, here's what happens every Sunday. And um, this has been happening for almost 13 years now. Um, we bring our children to church. We drop our little one, Nate, in the children's hallway. He goes into his little room. And then every, all the other kids go to their rooms. Well, now they go to church with us. But, so we leave Nate and all the kids come to church. And so we go to church. We sing together. They get in trouble during the service. Um, this week, one of them spilled not once, not twice, but thrice times all over his outfit in the middle of the church. Um, water, that empty bottle of water. So by the time we get out of church, um, I'm looking forward to this one moment that is about to happen. And this is the moment. I walk out of the venue or the sanctuary. I walk down to whatever room Nate has been assigned to. And I get to the door, and the room is chaos. I mean, it's all three-year-olds. I mean, it's crazy time. You know, people hitting each other with random objects. Somebody's crying. Um, somebody's, you know, whatever, being changed. Usually there's a little bit of nudity. Um, it's a little awkward, to be honest. Um, but there's a moment where I just say, hey, buddy, and one face turns. Just one. Out of like 15 kids. Just one. Because he hears dad's voice. He's like, Whew. he's been waiting to be set free. Right? And now it's, it's his turn and his face turns and he runs over the door. Um, I, I've kind of given this privilege and this, to our, our, our other kids. Because they, for a long time, like, oh no, everyone behind me, I'm the one that gets to go to the door. Because I enjoy it so much. Because it just makes you feel special. Mommy gets all the special Nate time. Daddy doesn't get much. So that's my moment. And so my kids have started to do the same thing. that They're starting to, another thing to fight over. They will get to fight over who gets to go get Nate. Because we've all realized that he doesn't need us to call out his name. Anybody in our family can just call out, hey, buddy, or hey, man, what's going on? Because I've told them, don't call my name. Just see what happens. And every time. One tiny little head swivels and a big smile and then sprinting. And that's the relationship that we have between a father and a son, brothers and sisters. And the reason I share that story with you is we're all like Nate a little bit. We're all waiting for someone to call our name. We're always listening. We want to know the answers to the questions that we have. And we're waiting for the answer. Some of you in this room right now are probably in a season where you're waiting to hear an answer. You're waiting, and maybe some of you have been waiting a week, maybe two days, maybe six months, maybe years. And you're waiting just to hear the voice of the Lord. What should I do? Where should I work? Should I go on this date? Should I stay in this relationship? Should we get married? Should I move to another town? 
Like we have questions. And the light, and, and just like Nate's little room, it's chaotic, right? There's all kinds of craziness going on. There's somebody crying over here. Somebody get hit by a toy over here, right? Hopefully there's not that much nudity, but our life is a lot like that little nursery room. And we're just we're trying through all the chaos to hear the voice of God to say, what should I do? What's your will for my life? Right? That's what we're doing. And some of you have been waiting so long that you're starting to wonder, does God even speak? Because I'm, I'm trying to hear. Is God ever going to say anything? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And the good news is, is that God has spoken and he is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Because in the Old Testament, we see God speak all the time. Some of us wish we were Moses or Abraham. They like, had conversations with the Lord. But that was a very sparingly way of how God communicated. He would communicate. He would talk directly to people in the Old Testament. He would uh, speak through dreams and visions. But the most common way that he spoke was either through the written law or through the prophets. He would pick one prophet, he would speak to that prophet, and the prophet would go and declare what God has said. And then we come to the New Testament, where we see John the Baptist, the last prophet, predict the coming Messiah. And then we see the prophets stop. And that's for one reason. Because prophets were to speak on behalf of God to the people, and now God has come in Jesus. And so he speaks. The word of God is the message. And so God has spoken. He is speaking in the New Testament. We see that he also gives dreams. He also gives visions. We look at Ananias, who God spoke to to go talk to Paul. And then we also see the Holy Spirit inspire words to write the letters and the rest of the New Testament. So we know from the old times, like old, old, Old Testament times, that God speaks. And we know from New Testament that he is speaking. And so tonight we're going to talk about that very thing. We're going to talk about the ears, yes. But we're going to look at specifically hearing from God. Because I think a lot of us, I know for me when I was in your season of life, I wanted nothing more than to hear a word from the Lord. Like, what, what should I do? Where should I go? Is it ever going to happen? Why is this happening? Explain, right? Like, like it's just you're, you're building your life. Things are happening. Maybe they're happening really well, or maybe they're not going as quickly on, a, on your timeline that you think. And you're, and you're speaking. You're like, God, t- say something. You know, maybe it's God, flicker the light if it's a yes, right? Don't say that prayer during a thunderstorm, all right? Don't do that. But before we get into our main text tonight, I want to just give you a couple things. We're going to be in John 10 if you want to go ahead and turn there. But as you turn there, I want, like, every week, the the text that we're going to talk about tonight is not the end all. It's not the only time that we hear about ears or hearing or listening. All right? There, There are, I mean, a ton, just like the heart and the eyes and the mind. Like, there's a ton. Like, when you start looking at the Bible through a very specific lens, you start realizing, wow, God's got a lot to say about our ears. And here are just a couple themes. Number one, in Romans 10, 17, Paul writes that faith comes by hearing. Like none of us come to faith without our ears. 
In Proverbs 5.1, Solomon writes that wisdom comes from hearing. And we also see throughout the Proverbs and in some of Paul's letters that we hear a lot of things, but we tend not to listen very well. Like he says, you're for, he's talking to the Pharisees, Jesus says, you're always hearing but never perceiving. Right? He, like they, we hear stuff, but are we listening to understand and we're listening to perceive what God is speaking? And so John 10, here we go. Let's follow along here. We're going to be in three verses 3 and 4, and then we're going to kind of skip ahead to verse 14 and 16. So follow along with me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And basically what he's talking about here is he's saying, listen, I am the good shepherd. And I will call my people, yes, the Jews, the, the chosen nation of Israel, my people. But he says, there's also this other pen, these other people called the Gentiles that I will also call. And we will bring them together and I will be their shepherd. And they will know my voice and they will listen to me. You see, God is speaking. He has spoke and he is speaking. And so tonight, we're going to kind of answer two questions. The first question is, why can't we hear from God? And then the second question we're going to answer is, how do we hear from God? And so we're not going to do a so what at the end tonight. Those of you who are new, at the end we usually do a so what, kind of a little application time. Because tonight, pretty much the whole talk is a so what. I'm hoping that this thing will be very practical and very, uh, like you can actually, you can go, here's some steps, here's some ideas, here's some thoughts that you can actually leave tonight and start doing and pursuing so that you can answer the question of why can't I hear God and how in the heck do I hear God? So we're going to start with why can't we hear God. Now, a little caveat here, maybe a little uh, disclaimer. Um, this might come across a little harsh, Okay. It's kind of like when you guys get a scraped knee when you were a kid and your mom pours hydrogen peroxide on it. You guys remember that? Like, oh man, like your leg's about to fall off, right? But your parents do that because they know, hey, this needs to happen to get rid of some nastiness so that it doesn't get worse. And that's kind of what we're going to walk. And I don't, I'm not saying what, what I'm about to teach you is not, hey, this is you. But these are some things that you need to ask yourself if you're having a hard time hearing from the Lord. And what, let, me, let me give another caveat. When I say hearing from the Lord, I will often talk to people who say, oh, I heard from the Lord this. I'll be the first person to tell you, I have never audibly heard the voice of God. That's not my story. But I have heard from the Lord. And as we go through tonight, I'm going to help explain what I mean by that, how I can hear him without hearing him. Okay? So here we go. Number, I'm going to give you three uh, why can't we's and three how to's. Uh, so here we go. Why can't we hear from God? Number one, we're not willing to hear. We're not willing to hear. 
2 Timothy 4.3, Paul writes, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Guys, if there's, if there's a, a Bible verse that describes modern day world in 2020, this is it. Like, we cannot stand anyone saying anything that we don't like. And so what do we do? We put around us people who will tell us exactly what we want to hear. And so it's hard sometimes to hear from God because we don't really want to hear from God. Like this is a basic gospel thing. Because let's be honest, like the gospel of Jesus Christ that there is a God who created the world, who has a plan for you and loves you, but because of your sin, you are separated from him. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear that maybe there's something about me that is offensive to God. We, we, we don't want to hear that maybe there's something about me that is in rebellion to God. It's offensive. And so just at a very basic level, the, the, the gospel message of Jesus it hurts a little bit, especially in this self-help, your UBU generation that we live in. We don't like this idea that I can't earn it. It goes against everything that we're grown up to believe, that if you just work hard enough and you're a good enough person, then it will work out for you. And the Bible says, no, Romans 6, uh, 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one is good. All have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. But the good news is, is Romans 6.23, for the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so right off the bat, we got to ask ourselves, am I willing to hear? Am I willing to listen? In 2 Timothy uh, 3.5, just before this, he writes, you have the appearance of godliness, but you deny its power. Like we, we, want, we, we appear godly, we do all the right things, we say all the right things, but what I believe, I don't really believe. Or what I say I believe, I don't really believe. Because I don't really want to actually have to surrender my life. I really don't want to have to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow Jesus. Because I know what that requires of me, I don't want to do. Because there's a confession there. And we don't like to confess weakness. I don't like to confess weakness. But if dependence is the goal, if depending on Jesus is the goal, to follow him, then we have to start with our weakness and say, this is who I am. And so what we do is we surround ourselves with echo chambers of people that will just tell us what we want to hear Whenever we feel bad, they just, like, just tell me I'm better. Tell me I'm going to be okay. Like, like, have you ever heard anybody say, like, just tell me it's going to be okay? And we surround ourselves with people that will just itch that ear and tell you whatever you want to hear. Guys, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't even parent that way. Like, you probably know somebody that you grew up around whose parents told them they were the greatest thing, and the, little poopsie kins, you're just, like, everyone's going to love you, and I can't, like, whatever, right? Like, you know these people, and they're the most spoiled people in the world because their parents were never 
loving enough to say, hey, listen, we, we got some things to work on. I wouldn't parent that way. But sometimes I think I come to my face saying, God, oh, man, it's hard to hear. So let's move on. Like, oh, oh, let me give this one last example. I, I want to I share this. So I see this all the time in my house. Around 9 o'clock at night, um, our kids get screen time starting around 4 to 5 after they have done outside play as long as they possibly can. They've done their chores. Then they get screen time. And so they get screens, you know, for three or four hours. And we're just like, whew, okay, quiet time, fantastic. Um, and then there's a moment where dad walks in the room and says, all right, guys, it's 9 o'clock. And one of my children, he shall not be named, Every time goes, <laughs> because what's he doing? He thinks, if I don't hear you say it, then it doesn't, you didn't say it. And so he just covers his ears so that he can get a few more minutes and be like, oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, Dad. Like, that's what he does every day. I'm like, dude, you know. I know. What are we doing here? But this is what we do. Are we willing to even hear? Number two. A reason that we can't hear God can often come because we have a hard heart. Because we have a hard heart. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus has just fed 4,000. And they get on a boat and they go across the sea. And they're on the boat. And the disciples realize, oh no, we've only got one loaf of bread. And they're concerned and they're worried and, and they don't know what to do. And it's almost as if Jesus was like, oh, my gosh. Did you, did you not just see? Just fed 4,000 people. And he says, do you still not see? Do you not understand? Have you not heard me? Do you not remember what I have done? And you see, that's, that's the condition of, of a hardened heart, one that cannot see what God is doing. One that cannot understand how God works. One that does not hear what God is saying. And maybe the biggest one is we, we cannot remember his goodness. And the reason that we can't see and the reason we can't understand or hear, that, well, may I say it this way, the causes of, an, of, of a hard heart are unrepentant sin. We're living in sin that we know is wrong, but we don't care. We're living in rebellion. Or maybe it's just straight pride. Like, I, I'm fine on my own. I don't need Jesus. I'm good. I'll make it work out. Or for me, more often, I think it's a combination of these things because the third one is a disappointment in life. An unmet expectation. An unmet hope. And if I'm really honest with you, the last three, four years of my life, this is the season I've been in, that I've been battling hard-heartedness because I saw both my parents pass away at a very young age. And so those situations that were uncomfortable and unplanned and unwanted caused me to ask, God, do you even care? Do you hear me? And so whether it is unrepentant sin or pride or disappointments, they all lead to hard-heartedness which then clogs our ears. Because remember, everything's connected, right? From out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
we hear through our ears to understand and perceive what God is doing. I don't want to paint a picture of Sunday mornings being the, the most perfect day because that little sweet little Nate who swivels his head and runs over with a huge smile, Dad! Let me tell you what he also does. Recently, he has started to say, I don't like you. Because we have said, hey, buddy, you can't have a cookie. It's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you should be in bed. Right? He starts demanding, do this. He doesn't say please. He just do this. I need chocolate milk. I need cookie. I like it. He just starts demanding. I'm like, where's this sweet little Nate? What, what's happening, dude? Like, your words hurt, man. Right? Because they're powerful, remember? <laughs> it's just crazy. Here is the sweetness, but also the pride, even at three and a half, is like, I'm the center of the universe. Serve me. It's coming out. We see it. Now, the last one, the last reason that we may have a hard time hearing the Lord goes back to John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My people, my sheep hear my voice. I call them by name, and I will go before them, and I will lead them out. Maybe Jesus is not your shepherd. Guys, one thing I don't want to do is ever assume that every soul in this room is a follower of Jesus. That's just not, like, in a, in a room this size with this many folks, there's got to be somebody who's like, I don't know, I got dragged here. I, don't, I, I thought it was a concert. What's happening? Like, you know, like, I got duped. But I think for a minute, and, and now granted, like on the Enneagram, I'm a six. I'm about security. What I'm not trying to do is make you doubt your faith unnecessarily. But what I am asking is to ask yourself, who is your shepherd? Whose voice do you listen to and whose voice do you follow? Because he says, I will call my sheep out by their name and they will follow me. John 8, 42 and 43 and 47 says, Jesus said to them, to the Pharisees, If God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are, not, you are unable to hear what I say. Verse 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. My kids respond to my voice because they belong to me. And they spend time with me. And they follow me. And they listen to me. They're very familiar with my voice. John 5, 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes means put trust in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death to life. So the question, if, if, if this idea of who's your shepherd is really, he says, if you believe, you will have eternal life. If you put your trust in Jesus, you will have eternal life. Then the question becomes, what do you believe in? Because belief drives behavior. And we need to be careful that we don't believe that our behavior, maybe acting churchy, defines our belief. We get those flipped around. Like, that's the world I grew up in as a kid. If I just behave well, God will love me. I, will, I believe God will love me. And the Bible doesn't preach that. It says, no, no, no. We, we live from God's acceptance and grace for us, not for it. 
We can't, we can't confuse our church attendance and church involvement for belief. We just can't do that. We got to ask ourselves the hard questions like, who do, what do I believe? And who is my shepherd? Whose voice is most familiar to me? So, those are three reasons we see biblically of why there might be roadblocks, why our ears might be jammed. Maybe he's not your shepherd. And so you don't hear that shepherd. You hear other shepherds that are leading you. Maybe it's a hard heart because of a situation or pride or, or sin. It's just we don't hear and we don't see. And maybe it's because we're just not willing to hear it. We don't want to hear what God actually has to say because we know that if I hear it, then I'll be held accountable for it. So let's turn the corner and get some good news, shall we? How do we hear from God? I'm going to give you three things. As we look at scripture that tells us this is how we, this is how we hear. This is how we put the antennas up. This is how we get the gunk out of our ears. All right, number one, turn to God and turn off the noise. Turn to God and turn off the noise. I ended with maybe God's not your shepherd or Jesus isn't your shepherd. Well, then your first step to hearing God is to make God your shepherd. Turn to him and give your life to Christ. Actually trust him with your life. Believe that God sent Jesus to be the atonement for our sin that we might be forgiven and given eternal life. Start by turning back to God. And then secondly, turning off the noise. Guys, we live in a noisy world. I mean, it is loud. There are books and there are podcasts. There's music. There's, I mean, there's social media where there's just constant noise. Maybe we need to find the discipline of solitude so that we can actually listen. When I go home every day, my house is crazy town. I mean, I call every day, Taylor, what's the temperature of the house? What's happening? I need to prepare my heart to walk in here. Do you need help? Do you need a break? Do I need to wrestle somebody? Like, what needs to happen? And when every time I get home, it's clamor for dad time, which I love. But at the same time, I want to speak to my wife. And so if I want to speak to my wife or to one of my children, what we do is we go outside or we go to in a room where never went out. We, we, we shut out the noise so that I can actually hear what's going on. And I think our relationship with Christ is no different. We see Jesus do it time and time and time again where he got alone with his father to pray. He left the noise. And I think sometimes we forget the value and the discipline of solitude so we need to limit the voices, ask questions like, what does the Bible say about this? Before I become, lay an opinion on the table, before I come to a conclusion of what I think or believe or what I should tweet or whatever, maybe we pause, like last week we pause. And we say, I'm going to tune my ear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to listen. I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to shut off the noise and listen. And we listen by reading the words of Jesus. Secondly, not only do we turn to God, we tune into God. His spirit, his word, and his people. John 14, 24, 25, and 26 says, Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken, Jesus, all this I have spoken while still with you. 
But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. And so we tune into the Spirit. You see, as a believer, when you surrender your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells you. And we need to, just like on the radio dial, we need to tune in to the Spirit. Secondly, we need to tune into his word. Psalm 119 and 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light into my path. As sometimes I, I was telling Mary Ashton and Jason, sometimes I just feel like a, a, a clanging drum on this one. And if I'm going to clang a drum, I'm, it's going to be okay to clang it on this one. Get in his word. Marinate in God's word. Let it flavor your life. So that as you walk through life, you have the flavor of Jesus with you. Tune into his word. Read it. Listen to what God is saying through his son Jesus. And then thirdly, we tune into his people. Luke 10, 16. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. And then Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This last one, I didn't really value until I was a young adult. Because once I was out on my own, and my parents weren't around, and my coach, my high school coach wasn't around, I had to find new people. And this is one specific way that when I need to hear from the Lord, man, I start calling the wisest people I know and go get coffee with them. Because I, I know that what they're doing in their life is they are tuning their ear to the Spirit and they're tuning their ear to God's Word. And so I want to I gain knowledge from them. I want to get wisdom from them. And in my life, the biggest decisions in my life have always come through these three avenues. Every single time, Leaning into God's spirit, asking for help. The advocate, the one that comes and helps me. God, spirit, help me. Help me see, help me hear, help me know, help me perceive what you're doing. And then I dig into God's word and start asking the same questions. What does God's word have to say about this? And then I go to my mentors and I say, what do you think? Here's where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. What do you think? And then it always, well, I shouldn't say always, but most of the time they don't say, well, you should do this. It's not what a good mentor does. A good mentor just asks you really good questions that maybe we're not willing to ask ourselves. So we turn to God and turn off the noise. We tune into his spirit, his word, and his people. And lastly, and this is going to be a word that I think is going to be new for some of you, but man, it's a good one. We need to tarry, T-A-R-R-Y, with God. We need to tarry with God. That word tarry means to linger in expectation. We need to linger slowly and consistently. Very similar to the way that you guys leave this room every Tuesday night. You linger with expectation. Just some friends. You just want friends. I understand that. Possibly a spouse, but we'll see. Um, but we linger here every week. We have expectation. We're like, hey, something. I might meet a new friend tonight, get a new roommate, might meet my wife, might meet my husband, who knows? God, oh, here we go, right? And so we are patient. We are pa Some of you, some of you just jet out of here because you're like, my, my people time is done. But we wait patiently. 
with expectation. And we tarry. We linger with God. You see, in our, in our, in our society right now, we want instant and we want a, we want a formula. Because we, we're the text generation. Right? You text somebody and you know, who I'm, you know who you are. You don't put your phone down after the text. You wait for the three dots. Okay, come on. Yep. What are they typing? Um, it's a novel. And then the three dots disappear. You're like, whoa, hold on. What is happening? Are we even friends, right? Like we start questioning everything about our relationship when the three dots disappear. Because we want instantaneous answers. We're not willing to tarry. We're not willing to linger and wait expectantly for God to speak. Because here's the reality. What the heartbeat of tarrying, like of lingering with God, is opposite of our goal. His goal is different than ours. Our goal is to get an answer so that we can have control and have control of the situation. That's why we ask and that's why we get impatient. We want control. We want to do it. We want to be God. But God says, no, no, no. Come to me. Listen to me. Watch me. Tarry with me. And you will find rest for your souls. You see, God's goal is not necessarily to answer your question as quick as possible. His goal for you is to connect with him because he knows what's best for you is to connect with him because that will build a trust and bond you together as you wait expectantly on the good shepherd. Because if we just had a text relationship with God, we would turn into my three-year-old. We would be an obnoxious, demanding toddler. God, answer me. Answer me. You did it last time. Come on. Last time you were faster. Let's go. I want my chocolate milk. And we start demanding of God instead of depending on him. And so we need to tarry. We need to turn to God. Turn off the noise. We need to tune our ear to his spirit and to his word and to his people. And then we need to wait. Guys, it is good to wait. There is value in the waiting because it builds a dependence. It increases the expectation. And when God finally speaks, you're like, yes, that's it. Oh, I knew I, I waited. It worked. God was faithful. But if we just had a little text relationship with God, we would take it for granted. We would become the master and he would become the slave. And so we need to tarry and wait expectantly for the good shepherd to call your name. And then he will go before you and we will follow him. And so I can listen to his voice and you can listen to his voice with zero anxiety. Because again, John 10, he will call you by name and he will go before you clearing the way and you will follow him. So guys, here's what I want to finish with. 
if you are if you are in a season of seeking and desperately wanting to hear from the Lord number one remember what he has already told you he is the good shepherd and he loves you and he cares for you and he has not forgotten you remember let those remembrances soften that hard heart remember who he is he is not trying to rip you off right he's not trying to catch you he's not trying to withhold from you he loves you and there is a reason if you if we believe Romans 8:29 i mean come on that all things work for the good of those who love him then waiting he is going to work in the waiting for your good not to withhold so listen analyze and say hey god show me is my heart hard is my heart hard have i been unwilling to listen because i want you to do it this way this specific way at this specific time in this specific avenue so guys we're i'm we're just going to do 120 seconds and i'm just going to ask you to pray i'm i'll tell you what okay or let's do this let's stop playing real quick cuz i want to i want to i want to do this we 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 talk about getting rid of the noise. So let's, let's get rid of the music for a sec. And let's do 120 seconds in dead silence. And just tarry a little bit. It's going to feel like a really long time. But you know what? Let's lean into it. Ask the Spirit to speak, to calm your heart, to meet with you. So let me pray, and then we'll start. God, I want to thank you for your word that encourages us even in the valleys God, I pray that as we sit here over the next 120 seconds, quietly, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds. I pray, God, that you would help us to be open to hearing the things that we need to hear. And God, for those in this room who are not following you, who are you're not their shepherd, God, I pray that they would Think on that for a moment of why. Why have they not given their life to you? That they might know you. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to do 120 in silence. Here we go.